I live by routines, especially my same-day delivery routine with Shipped. Because when Sunday rolls around, I'm not scared. I got my shopper on the way with all my favorites. Shipped, delight in every delivery. Learn more at Shipped.com. Good morning. We are tracking powerful storms impacting millions of Americans this morning. And there's even more rough weather on the way. It is Tuesday, August 30th. This is Today. Swift and severe. Heavy rain and hurricane force winds sweep across the Midwest. 700,000 people without power this morning. While in the South, a state of emergency. No reliable water for the entire capital of Mississippi. We're live with the latest and what's being done to address the growing crisis. New twist. The Justice Department completes a review of those classified documents seized from Mar-a-Lago. What they found and the impact on former President Trump's legal fight straight ahead. Failure to launch. NASA racing to identify and fix the technical problems that canceled the first Artemis moon mission. So what went wrong? What are they looking for? And when could they try it again? We're live at the Kennedy Space Center. Bombshell, Meghan Markle not holding back in a new interview, accusing the royal family of cruelty and saying she and Prince Harry were happy to quit royal life. The intense reaction and the backlash over the timing of its release as the world marks 25 years since the death of Princess Diana. All that plus breakfast battle, that morning meal back in a big way after a pandemic dip. Just ahead, the fast food chains taking notice and going all out for your business. And Serena shines. Serena Williams wins her opening match at the U.S. Open, lifted by a star-studded crowd and her family. As the icon begins what could be the final tournament of her legendary career. Today, Tuesday, August 30th, 2022. From NBC News, this is Today with Savannah Guthrie and Oda Cutby, live from Studio 1A in Rockefeller Plaza. Good morning and welcome to Today. Thank you for joining us on this Tuesday morning. I'm Chanel Jones alongside Willie Geist. Savannah and Hoda are off this morning. Nobody wants that magic to end for Serena. It was a late night for a lot of us, but it was worth it. It was electric, wasn't it? Yeah, the building, you have those nights at... Flushing Meadows at mm -hmm. that stadium, and last night was one of them. Serena winning in straight sets, capturing a little bit of that old Serena. We just hope she can keep it going. Mm -hmm. We're going to have much more on that match, and you don't want to miss what Serena had to say after it. We'll get to that in just a bit. All right, but let's begin with the severe weather that's having a major impact across a wide section of the country. Overnight, 700,000 people lost power after powerful winds hammered the Midwest. Meanwhile, imagine having no reliable water to cook with, to bathe with, to drink. That is what residents in Jackson, Mississippi are facing this morning after flooding ravaged the city's already strained water system. We have it all covered for you this morning, including what you need to know about today's storms. But we begin with NBC's Guad Venegas, who joins us now from Mississippi. Guad, good morning. Good morning, Chanel. The folks here in Jackson and its surrounding areas were preparing for major flooding, which wasn't as bad as anticipated. Now, with that good news came the bad news. The governor declaring a water system emergency, which could mean for the capital city that a lot of people will be without running water. 
Severe weather impacting millions nationwide, including the Midwest, where powerful winds gusting up to 80 miles per hour knocked out power to nearly 700,000 across the region. The winds downing trees and power lines in Minnesota and Illinois and grounding more than 300 flights out of Chicago's O'Hare Airport. In Mississippi, nearly 200,000 residents in Jackson are facing a potential crisis, a water system severely damaged by the latest flooding. State officials now preparing for a colossal challenge, providing enough water for everyone in the state's capital. This is not a small lift. The news hitting just as the Pearl River begins to recede, causing less extensive damage than had been forecast, floodwaters sparing homes, but now presenting another threat. Do we have any idea of the number of residents or homes where they won't be able to flush the toilet or say shower tonight? Can't tell you with certainty um, what the water pressure issues are going to be um, for any of those residents. The recent flooding is taking a toll on a system that was already in bad shape. Residents now fear going from bad water quality to no water at all. I feel sorry for the residents here because they know that um, this has been happening for years and nothing's being done about it. A city facing one challenge after another with a water shortage now following the flooding. Now, government officials say they do have a team, a state team, entering that water plant here in Jackson today to try and see what is going on and see how they can help. Now, here's what's alarming. They can't tell us how many residents are without running water. What we do know is that officials here are preparing to bring in water for everyone in the city. We're talking drinking water and non-potable water that is necessary for all of these basic necessities. Chanel. Right, the challenge there. All right, Guad, thank you. Dylan is in for Al this morning, tracking the risk potentially of even more severe weather today. Dylan, good morning. Good morning, guys. And while we do have some rain possible down along the Gulf Coast, the place we're watching today will be through the uh, eastern Great Lakes. Yesterday, we saw wind reports near 80 miles per hour in northern Indiana. That did cause some tree damage and uh, some, some uh, of that wind damage out that way. But as this moves to the east, we are looking for the chance of some storms across the northeast, but nothing extremely severe at this point. While we will see the possibility of some storms producing wind gusts up to 60 miles per hour, a lot of these will fizzle out as they move eastward. But just want to point out the location of this by 6, 7, 8 o'clock tonight, right along that I-95 corridor could slow things down on the roads for the evening commute. Also create some delays in Philadelphia at Baltimore uh, International Airport, also down through D.C. too. But still down through the Gulf Coast, we have this stalled front, and that is going to produce some spotty showers. And since the ground is totally saturated, any additional rain could lead to more flooding. We're also going to see about one to two inches of rain across the interior northeast, but keep in mind the northeast does need the rain, so that's where we could uh, see some welcome rain. It's down south where we certainly don't need it anymore. Chanel. All right, thank you, Dylan. We'll get to the rest of her forecast in a moment, but first, there are new twists in the FBI search of Donald Trump's Florida home. The Justice Department has now completed its initial review of documents that were seized. So how will that shape the investigation? NBC senior Washington correspondent Hallie Jackson Jackson has the latest. Hallie, good morning. Hey, Chanel, good morning to you. The Justice Department is set to respond today to this latest legal back and forth over whether an independent third party should review that classified material. That's something former President Trump wants, even as new details this morning could undercut Mr. Trump's push and concerns a special master could slow down the investigation's progress. 
A new phase this morning in the Justice Department's investigation into classified documents former President Trump had at his Mar-a-Lago home, with DOJ lawyers confirming they've done an initial review of what was there and have identified some material that could be considered protected under attorney-client privilege. That could undermine the Trump team's request to have a so-called special master do a kind of third-party review of the hundreds of pages of sensitive documents. There's still a need for a judge to get involved on, on every aspect of this, checking their, their assertions of privilege, but also giving us fair, timely access, letting us build a case for why this search warrant was not only essentially morally wrong, but legally wrong. Some legal experts suggest the former president's team may have waited too long to ask for an independent party to get involved. Now that the documents have mostly been reviewed, you cannot put that toothpaste back in the tube. So the reason for a special master becomes diminished. A special master could still come to different conclusions than the DOJ's initial review team did, with the judge set to rule on that soon after suggesting last week she was inclined to appoint one. It comes as Mr. Trump is again lashing out at the FBI and rehashing the 2020 election he lost, demanding to be declared the rightful winner, despite his defeat, and calling for a new election immediately, although federal law, not former officials, determines federal election dates. And now new fallout for a key Trump ally, Senator Lindsey Graham, facing backlash after these comments Sunday. If there's a prosecution of Donald Trump for mishandling classified information, there'll be riots in the streets. That type of rhetoric is just irresponsible. Graham now trying to clarify. I reject violence. I'm not calling for violence. I, the, violence is not the answer. Meanwhile, Hallie, another major story in Washington, a top Secret Service official involved in the January 6th investigation stepping down. What more can you tell us? We're talking about Tony Ornato, Chanel, who was the head of former President Trump's detail while he was in office. Ornato has retired after 25 years with the Secret Service, telling NBC News this was long planned. You'll remember that Ornato was at the center of explosive testimony during those January 6th hearings when former White House aide Cassidy Hutchinson testified that he described to her how, how Mr. Trump lunged at his driver in a heated moment over going to the Capitol on the day of the insurrection. That account has been disputed. We know that Ornato has already testified in front of the January January 6th committee, according to an aide. Chanel. All right, Hallie, thank you. Also this morning, Ukrainian forces are launching a major counteroffensive, appears to be aimed at reclaiming Russian-held territory in southern Ukraine. There are also reports of new strikes around that besieged nuclear power plant that has sparked fears of a potential catastrophe. NBC's Megan Fitzgerald joins us now from Kyiv. Megan, good morning. Willie, good morning to you. Just days after the U.S. announced that $3 billion military aid package for Ukraine, the country seems eager to show it's putting these Western resources to good use. This morning, Ukrainian troops are on the attack, launching a new counteroffensive now underway in the south, a mission to take back the Russian-occupied region of Kherson, which was seized at the start of the war. And new signs the operation may be working. The Biden administration says Russia is already being forced to redirect troops from the east to try and respond to the attacks. But Russia says the counterattack failed miserably. In his overnight address to the nation, President Zelensky said, we will drive them out to the border. If they want to survive, it is time for the Russian military to flee, go home. Meanwhile, that urgent mission to prevent a nuclear disaster at the Zaporizhia nuclear plant is underway. Scientists from the International Atomic Energy Agency arrived in Kyiv overnight and are expected at the power plant tomorrow. 
The agency says the team will undertake urgent safeguard activities and will determine if the plant is able to operate safely. A trip that can't happen soon enough, as the White House says Putin's control of the facility is strategic. The Zaporizhia nuclear power plant basically controls all the electrical power for much of southern Ukraine um, and even beyond. And so he can hold that power hostage. This as fighting around the plant continues. Russia once again blaming Ukraine for shelling a building that stores nuclear waste. As these new satellite images appear to confirm holes in the roof, claims Ukraine has continuously denied. Now, there's no doubt that these inspectors will be paying close attention to the damage at the plant. They'll make recommendations, they'll offer some solutions. But here's the thing, they can't force the Russians to fix anything and they can't stop the shelling. Willie? Megan Fitzgerald in Kyiv. Megan, thanks so much. We have a lot more to get to, including that now delayed first launch and NASA's mentioned to return to the moon. The focus at the Kennedy Space Center this morning, getting to the bottom of a problem with an engine that acted up yesterday and whether it can be fixed in time for the next launch window coming up on Friday. NBC's Tom Costello is back at Cape Canaveral Force this morning. Tom, how soon do we expect some answers? Probably after dinner time, we expect an update from mission managers. In the meantime, launch crews are going to be back out on the pad today, trying to dissect the problem with the number three engine. Why is that super cooled liquid hydrogen not flowing properly into the number three engine? If they can figure that out and fix it, then they may try for a Friday launch. But the launch window opens at 1245 in the afternoon, and that's about the same time we're expecting violent summer storms to roll through Florida. Florida, so we could be looking at yet another delay. On the iconic launch pad 39B today, an urgent effort to identify technical problems that canceled Monday's test. This is Artemis uh, launch control. 7.50 a.m. with just 40 minutes till the Artemis launch window was set to open. Trouble on the pad. They have an issue with one of the four engines in the core stage. The Artemis rocket uses four RS-25 engines, borrowed from the previous space shuttle missions. But as the launch team flowed supercooled fuel into the engines for liftoff, the number three engine didn't cool enough. Launch director Charlie Blackwell-Thompson has called a scrub for today. This is how the engines are supposed to fire, exploding in speed from zero to 17,000 miles per hour, pushing Artemis through the Earth's gravitational pull and onto the moon. Now engineers will diagnose the cooling problem in hopes of trying to launch again on Friday. In engineers speak. There's a non-zero chance we'll, yeah. we'll have a launch opportunity on Friday. <laughs> if we can resolve this operationally out at the pad in the next 48 hours, 72 hours, Friday is definitely in play. After Friday, Labor Day is the next option. Among the thousands who gathered to watch NASA launch its most powerful rocket ever, few seemed deterred. They're going to be people on the moon. If engineers can't fix the engine problem on the pad, they may have to roll Artemis back to the massive vehicle assembly building to swap out an engine. And that delay could take weeks to resolve. While Artemis has support from both Republicans and Democrats, the program has cost billions more and taken far longer than expected to launch. NASA chief and former astronaut Bill Nelson. It's over budget. It's behind schedule. Is this program jinxed? Uh, to the contrary. Uh, you know, folks said the same thing about the James Webb Space Telescope. Twice as long, twice as much money. Look what that telescope is telling us and will tell us for the next 20 years. 
Each Artemis launch costs about $4 billion. But Nelson makes the point, the development costs associated with Artemis are going to be spread out over 10 to 15 years. And ultimately, they want the private sector, the SpaceX's of the world, to come in and assume some of those roles. He also makes the point, if you want to go big, if you want to go deep and go back to space, it ain't cheap. Mm -hmm. Chanel? That's for sure. So, Tom, looking forward then, what's the plan if NASA can't fix the engine issue by the next launch windows this weekend? Right, so Friday is the first option, Monday's the second option. If it doesn't work then, then they have a window opening on September 19th until early October. So they may push it to that period and bring the whole thing back here to the vehicle assembly building to work on the rocket stack in the meantime. No, that's not what they want. All right, we'll see what happens. Tom, thank you. Let's turn back to the weather and get the rest of Dylan's forecast. How's it look, Dill? It's kind of an active day. You know, we will see some storms in the northeast. This cold front also will produce some heavier rain down through, especially west and western and central Texas. Texas. We'll have to watch out for some afternoon storms in the southeast, too. But look at this. Back through the Midwest, 80s, 90s, lower humidity, lots of sunshine. Record high temperatures, though, likely out west, especially in the Pacific Northwest, where highs will be running about at least 15 degrees above average. And that's your latest forecast. All right, Dylan, thank Thanks, you. Dill. Coming up, Megan Markle speaking out and causing waves and a new bombshell interview. The intense reaction to what she's now revealing about Prince Harry's relationship with his father and their life before the split with the royal family. Also so ahead, it is the most important meal of the day. Right now, breakfast is having its moment. <laughs> What's driving the new fast food boom and some big competition for your money? But first, this is today on NBC. Did it lose it? When you're hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging to connect with candidates faster. Plus, 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than three and a half million businesses worldwide that use Indeed. Listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash today. Just go to Indeed.com slash today right now and support this show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash today. Conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. <laughs> We are back at 7.30 with a look at Arthur Ashe Stadium in Queens. That is the place to be. It was last night in New York and will be for the next couple of weeks. Serena Williams taking the court and advancing in what likely is the final tournament of her storied career. Tom Yamas joining us. Did you watch Serena last night? I saw the highlights this morning, and I would say it feels like she's got that fire. Yes. It's like you want to watch every match now. I'm running out of vocab words. I yeah. said uh, electric, yep. magic. Yep. I need one more. Um, I don't, I'm done. Whimsical? I, I don't know. Is that, that, that fit? No. no. We'll keep workshopping it. But yeah, yeah. The, we'll the, talk about the bottom it. line is she keeps rolling. She won in straight sets. Yes. Yeah. People are wondering, could she have a it little was, one last run in her? We'll see. It was good to see. We'll have more on that coming up a little later this morning. But first, a check of your 730 headlines. President Biden plans to deliver a primetime speech on Thursday. A White House official says the address at Independence National Historical Park in Philadelphia would focus on, quote, the continued battle for the soul of the nation. 
The speech comes about two months before midterm elections. The president will highlight what he sees as progress over the past two years to protect our democracy. But he plans to note that rights and freedoms remain at risk. Breaking overnight, one student was killed, two others injured after a masonry column collapsed at a college in Portland, Oregon. It happened at Lewis and Clark College. Officials say the students were sitting on hammocks when a column that was holding them up collapsed. A 19-year-old was killed. Two female students suffered non-life-threatening injuries. All right, to Northern California now, where a freeway crash left a big red mess all over the road. Take a look here. A truck carrying a load of tomatoes collided with a car, then smashed into the median, sending the tomatoes everywhere. That led to another multi-vehicle crash. At least three people were hurt in this. With some lanes shut down on both sides of the interstate, traffic was backed up for miles. All right, now to an interview with Meghan Markle. What she has to say certainly has a lot of people talking this morning. Yeah, she was very candid about her time as a working royal, the tensions inside the royal family, and her and Prince Harry's decision to leave the UK. And its timing is drawing some criticism as well, released just two days before the 25th anniversary of Princess Diana's death. NBC News Now anchor Joe Fryer has more on what Markle had to say. Joe? Good morning. We've been hearing a lot from Meghan Markle recently with her new hit Spotify podcast launching last week. But this morning, she's speaking out again with a new interview that is already making waves, just as the spotlight is on Prince Harry and the royal family as they mark 25 years after the death of Princess Diana. Now she's ready for her own next act. That's the large text at the top of Meghan Markle's new interview with New York Magazine's The Cut. She's once again generating headlines with frank comments about the royal family and the reason she and Harry stepped back from royal duties. The article comes just before the 25th anniversary of Princess Diana's death on Wednesday. Of course, a lot of attention uh, is being put on Diana's legacy 25 years on so I think some people are puzzled by the timing. Headlines in England quick to slam the interview and Markle. Megan also released the second episode of her podcast, Archetypes, overnight, featuring a conversation with Mariah Carey. The Cut article starts off with the line, the conditions are right for confession and confess Meghan Markle did, including her family's lack of autonomy while under royal rule. Markle shares she was required to release photos of her son Archie to the Royal Rota, the UK media pool, before she could post them herself. She says, quote, why would I give the very people that are calling my children the N-word a photo of my child before I can share it with the people that love my child? Markle also discussing family struggles, including her own rift with her father, telling the magazine, Harry said to me, I lost my dad in this process. Her allies later clarifying that Harry was discussing Meghan's dad, Thomas Markle, though he has spoken out about his strained relationship with Prince Charles. Meghan added this week, it doesn't have to be the same for them as it was for me, but that's his decision. Meghan and Harry have both said they left England seeking a more private life. Everyone has a basic right to privacy. But with the attention-grabbing new interview and regular new podcast episodes from that reported $25 million deal with Spotify, the Sussexes are making it clear they want to control their own story. Meghan Markle also teased she might be getting back on Instagram, something she says she had to give up when she married Harry. All right, Joe, thank you. We'll have more on the Royals in our next half hour. A closer look at the fascination that Princess Diana still holds 25 years later and her lasting impact on the modern royal family. But up next, Sam Brock will break down the new breakfast boom. Sam.
Willie, good morning. Look, we all know breakfast is the most important meal of the day. It is the backbone of sales for many of your favorite restaurants. And of course, it is beloved, even with historic inflation right now. Coming up next, the simple explanation why breakfast is rebounding and getting value when every penny counts. That story coming up next. We're back at 739 with today's Consumer Confidential, looking at stories around this time each day that impact your bottom line. Yeah, this morning we're all about that most important meal of the day, breakfast, of course. For many restaurants and fast food chains, it is the most profitable part of their day, too. And right now, breakfast experiencing a big rebound after a dip in the pandemic. NBC's Sam Brock has more on that. Sam, good morning. Yeah, Willie, good morning. Restaurant researchers point out that breakfast actually took the biggest hit at first during the pandemic. Right now, it is seeing the biggest bounce back. A big reason for that is really just routine, guys. People going back to the office, back to school. And whether you prefer a McMuffin or a Wawa egg hoagie, the bottom line is what driving force for all of this appears to be coffee. Whether fresh from the oven at Burger King or coming from the Golden Arches, even Wendy's making a play into the suddenly competitive French toast sticks market. Nobody makes breakfast as good as Wendy's new homestyle French toast sticks. Fast food restaurants are raking in big bucks for breakfast items, when other meals might be buckling a bit under the weight of inflation. Those who study the industry say it makes sense. A lot of that has to do with uh, people coming back to work. We've seen a lot more people in, in offices right now, but a lot of it also has to do with uh, inflation and I think people seeking out value. We're kind of focusing on the people who are, who are on a budget trying to save money. And while the value for breakfast certainly sizzles, convenience is also a major selling point for companies like Wawa. The quick service restaurant and gas station serving specialty coffee, hot hoagies and breakfast burritos up and down the East Coast to parents like O'Brien Frazier. Every morning because it's so quick, convenience. I, I ordered online, I walk in, it's ready, and I walk right back out. Wawa has seen coffee sales soar around 30% year over year and breakfast jump 25% as customers take advantage of pre-order apps and curbside pickup. With school being back in session, we started getting you know, the, the bus drivers, the teachers coming in during the day, and then with the businesses booming, starting to build, the construction workers, landscapers started to come back in. Many people just realizing now how much the pandemic changed their habits. It's weird because before I didn't notice, but now that I realize, I, I, yeah, I order more than, than ever. For breakfast? Yes, for breakfast. Your egg breakfast burrito is ready in the deli, 505. And the numbers back up the behavior. While restaurant traffic saw an overall drop of 2% in the second quarter of the year, breakfast transactions held steady. Morning mainstays like Starbucks plummeted at the beginning of the pandemic, but then got a serious jolt. Half of the coffee chain sales happened in the AM last quarter, beginning to return to normal, with the popular pumpkin spice latte hitting stores once again today. But no matter where you grab that cup of joe, coffee clearly is one luxury many cannot live without. The number one reason you come in the morning is coffee. Has to be coffee. Coffee. Coffee is good. So, Sam, uh, coffee is good, by the way. I've yeah. got some right here. There are clearly so many options for breakfast out there. So, what are the tips for people looking to get the best deal? Yeah, Willie, a lot of restaurants right now have invested in technologies to try to make the ordering experience easier. Of course, that includes app 
use that those apps to your advantage just by signing up you get loyalty rewards also that's the, certainly the case for Wawa when it comes to McDonald's there are promotions you can find on the app that are not available anywhere else for example iced or hot coffee speaking of that for 99 cents and as we've reported the average price right now for a cup of coffee is about four dollars or more so many people right now really feeling like they're loving that Absolutely. Back to you. Four dollar, yeah, ninety nine cents. I'll take that all day. Is it bad yeah. that my mouth was watering when we showed that graphic of the so sausage, good. egg, and cheese? You know, <laughs> I was thinking, how many egg McMuffins can totally Sam eat? understandable? <laughs> Sam, how, how many egg McMuffins do you think you can eat? To be honest with you, as I've actually put this to the test, I'm somewhere around the 8 to 10 range. Oh, I'm pretty sure for a fraternity challenge some 15 years ago. So we're good. Wow. I'm definitely you know I can clear double digits right. pretty easily. And you just drive right to the doctor. <laughs> there you go. All right, Sam Brock in Miami. Sam, thanks so All much. All right, we'll have another Consumer Confidential thanks, for you Ken. tomorrow. The focus, car shopping. Typically, Labor Day weekend means big sales. But with high, high demand and low supply, will that be the case this year? And if you can't wait for a new set of wheels, can you still haggle your way? to a better price. We'll have everything you need to know before heading to the dealership. All right, Dylan is here. Dylan, Egg McMuffin I, for why, sandwich? How, how do we not have I know. props? How do we do a story like that and not have like a pile I of I kept looking at the items? door and nothing ever Nobody showed up. Was coming no, in. No. Uh, all right, let's take a look at some of the heat that we're going to see across the country. You know, it is going to feel uh, way like we're in the heart of summer, especially in the Pacific Northwest. Seattle could break a record today with a high of 88 degrees. Reno, 97. The record's 99. Elko, 96. The record is 98. And down through Lake Havasu, uh, temperatures will be at 100. 15 degrees. So we are going to see temperatures continue on the warm side for the next several days. Sacramento 103 for Thursday and Friday. Las Vegas 108 Wednesday, Thursday and Friday. And again, we are going to uh, at least see this heat through possibly Tuesday of next week. Now on the East Coast, it has been very hot. It has been very humid, but we are going to see some really nice air work in as we get closer to the weekend. Thursday in Erie, Pennsylvania, 71 degrees. Back up to 77 on Friday with low humidity. New York goes from 87 on Wednesday say 84 Thursday down to 81 degrees on Friday. So that'll feel real nice as we lose the humidity and perhaps it'll feel a touch fall like as September starts this week. And that's your latest forecast. All right, Dylan, thank you. Up next, an emotional and star-studded evening at the U.S. Open, all for Serena Williams. The many highlights on and off the court as the icon kicked off what is likely her farewell tour with a big win. That's right after this. Hi everyone, I'm Jenna Bush Hager from Today with Hoda and Jenna and the Read with Jenna book club. There's nothing I love more than sharing my favorite reads with all of you, except maybe talking to the exceptional authors behind these stories. And that's what I'll be doing on my podcast, Read with Jenna. I'll be introducing you to some of my favorite writers. These conversations will leave you feeling inspired and entertained. To start listening, just search Read with Jenna wherever you get your podcasts. Hey guys, Willie Geist here, reminding you to check out the Sunday Sit-Down Podcast. On this week's episode, I get together with Chris Pine to talk about a career that has taken him from Star Trek to Wonder Woman, and now the new film he wrote, directed, and stars in called Pool Man. You can get our conversation for free wherever you download your podcasts. Welcome back. We've been talking about it all morning. Serena Williams' impressive start at the U.S. Open, likely her final Grand Slam tournament. Yeah, NBC's Rahema Ellis is over in Queens for us. Rahema, Arthur Ashe Stadium was rocking last night. 
You bet it was. And I can tell you that the excitement here was absolutely incredible. With a record of more than 23,000 fans packed inside of Arthur Ashe Stadium, fans who were showing support for Serena Williams, and she didn't disappoint, once again showing the heart of a champion. A stellar start for Serena Williams, earning a win in the first round of the U.S. Open. The Grand Slam victory just weeks after the tennis star announced she will be evolving away from the sport. I prefer the word evolution because I feel like I'm at a stage of my life where um, I'm not necessarily retiring. I'm just evolving from tennis. Joining Serena's family to watch the match inside Arthur Ashe Stadium, a star-studded crowd from former President Bill Clinton sitting next to Dr. Ruth to celebrities like Hugh Jackman and sports greats, including Mike Tyson. The U.S. Open holding a special celebration. Thousands of fans packing the grounds in the Big Apple, all for the chance to see the 40-year-old star play one last time. Serena making her U.S. Open debut back in 1998, returning to New York the next year to win her first Grand Slam title at just 17 years old. That victory, the start of a legendary run. Serena ultimately adding 23 Grand Slam singles titles to her collection so far, the second highest of all time. I never dreamt of having this many Grand Slams or titles, so for me it's all a bonus. Serena's potential retirement kicking off a worldwide celebration with covers on Vogue and Time magazine, a video tribute narrated by Oprah Winfrey, and a new Gatorade commercial honoring the tennis phenom's legacy voiced by Beyonce. With Monday's victory, Serena showing she's not ready to put her racket away just yet. But the tennis icon saying she's looking forward to spending some time off the court, focusing on her business ventures. And of course, the most important job of all, being mom to her four-year-old daughter, Olympia. The mother and daughter duo even wearing matching outfits at the Open. So there's no saying goodbye to the GOAT just yet. In fact, when Monday night's press conference, when she was asked, will this definitely be your last tournament? She said, and I'm quoting, I've been pretty vague about it, right? I'm going to stay vague because you never know. I guess that's a tease to stay tuned, guys. Back and listen, to you. a fair response. <laughs> yeah. Whatever she wants, she'll get. Maybe you don't so. want to pull a Tom Brady where it's like, Whatever I'm out. Right. Right. Wait, no, I want to come back. We've, back We've seen it from other goats, Michael true. Jordan and Tom That's Brady. That's true. Maybe they have Serena. it in them. Yeah. Rahima, thank you so sure. much. Thank you. All right, just ahead, Chris Rock revealing he was asked, get this, to host the Oscars mm -hmm. after being the target of that infamous slap. So what's his answer? That and much more coming up on Popstar. Ooh, and who wants a new pet? Anybody? We have adorable and adoptable dogs with us today. Plus, what to look for if you've decided the time is right for your family. Oh. You can take that little guy home. Oh, my. Okay, I'll take him home. <laughs>